So here we are. They said it wouldn't be done, but we're doing it anyway. This is episode, if I'm counting right, number six of the Talking Doves podcast. I am Ryan. I'm too tired to come up with a funny middle name, Riley. And this is Mr. Arthur. He might have already fell asleep. What's up, homies? That very docile voice is Mr. Peyton Arthur. So happy that we are here back for episode six. What about you, Mr. Arthur? I'm real excited about it. You know, it's this has been fun. Um, some of our students, I think, are really enjoying this podcast. I'm really enjoying it, which is really all that matters. So I'm ready to get into episode six. You know, it's just like I told Ag One today. I do this for my enjoyment. Um, and, and whatever happens, happens. That's right. So before we get started, I think it's important to know the chicken nugget rankings according to me uh again because i hate to be conceited but when it comes to chicken nuggets i feel like i'm a voice of reason in a world that is muddled uh so number one now we can't start number one you know what i'm starting number one number one is chick-fil-a but as we talked earlier mr arthur it's not really a nugget no it is a hunk of flesh is a hunk of muscle it's a chicken bite it's a chicken bite if you will it's it's too white meat for me you know what i'm saying yeah so now we go to the second one which is also something that you might consider a little too fleshy it is wendy's a wendy's chicken nugget i believe this is also going in order of most expensive to least expensive mr arthur i think you're right so Chick-fil-A, not not too expensive, still a good quality meal. Uh, I would prefer a Chick-fil-A chicken nugget opposed to very many meals at high quality restaurants. Uh, That's fair. Well, you know, I am part of the chicken generation, um, as, you, as are you. So the next one is Burger King, the most underrated of all chicken nuggets. Burger King and they're only a minute and a half away from our high school which is great well some would say great some would say awful you know it's uh I don't like having fast food that close Mr. Arthur well that's that's also fair but it's a great snack right after school here's the thing it's uh I heard a Baptist comedian once say it's good stewardship you know (laughs) you're you're converting that dollar into eight tasty nugs and, and that's always good <laughs> so this is where we break you know that's least expensive than our number four option which is the chicken mcnugget from mcdonald's mm. now here's it is controversial that i'm putting mcdonald's that low and i have eight more chicken nuggets from mcdonald's than any of the others combined but it's so dependent on the sauce it's too dependent on the sauce it is very dependent on the sauce because we're talking batter, we're talking about uh, muscle construction of the nug, the integrity of a bite of the nug, and it's just not as strong as the other three contenders. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm getting a little off topic here, but staying with the McDonald's chicken nugget, of course, they came out with the new spicy nugs. You know, yes. we tried them, and we thought they were great the first time because they had the ranch sauce with them. Right. We had them the next time. And we thought we were going to die. 
because they were so hot and they didn't have ranch. So, yes, you're so right. McDonald's definitely depends on the sauce. Depends on the sauce. And I don't know if they offered this to you, Mr. Arthur, with the spicy nugs at uh, McDonald's. There is a, a chili sauce that goes with it. Well, Did I thought that, that extra hot sauce or something. I thought to myself, if I eat something that makes this more hot than it already is, I wouldn't be able to make it to school the next day. All right, so before we have a couple of middle-aged guys talking about indigestion, I think we should go into the podcast, Mr. Arthur. That's what to me. We'll tum it up. This podcast is brought to you by Prilosect OTC. Moving on to Get the next segment. Yeah, that's right. We're back. And we are for real, for real. The thing is, Mr. Arthur, I bet kids are so excited about this podcast to put it on in the car so they can turn us down. Like, I bet someone put it on just to mute us. Well, I can't say if when I was in their shoes, I wouldn't have done the same. Oh, I definitely would have. Definitely would have. Um, yes. And just to, you know, mess with my ag teacher, really, you know, just to yeah. poke poke him he was a fun bear to poke you know what i'm saying yeah uh so we are into segment number two where is this this is the week that was this is everything that happened from our week here in the classroom here in the ag department and around the pavilion at winfield senior high school mr arthur what do you have to start us off you know, every week we get to this segment, and I think to myself, I say, self, and myself says, huh? And myself says again, what happened this week? And self says, I don't remember. So I'm going to let you start, and then hopefully I can remember what happened this week. You know, I see it as like we are mutual spiders building a web, and you just need that foundation I'm going to lay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> the first thing that I have written down came from our act. Well, it's not the first thing, but I'm going to go in a specific order. The first thing that I had was Ag One. We're starting parliamentary law in the class. It's a great time to watch 43 kids in the lecture room all look at us as we get to be full cut up versions of ourselves. I think it was really fun when I asked, What are rules good for? Because, you know, we're learning Robert's rules and all those things. I was like, why do we need rules? And one of our young scholars said, rules keep you straight. I like that. Rules keep us straight. Uh, you know, it's to the point. Very accurate. And just a good observation, in my opinion. Absolutely. Very much so. They, you know, rules keep us straight. And talking about the father of rules when it comes to P-Law, Henry Robert himself they uh I, did parker say this did parker say he was the king of voices no i did you said that i'm sorry i'm gonna give you credit for that i really like king of the voices mm -hmm. so much of what we do in the classroom for the next three to four weeks is based on mr robert himself yeah and you know i was talking uh, when i said that i think it's so important that our students understand the purpose of p-law 
you know, we had some of them that were kind of drifting off on us in class the last couple of days. But those who really understand the purpose of P-Law, Henry Robert being the king of voices and P-Law being what gives the voice uh, to even the minority. Um, it's so important that they understand the purpose of P-Law and the reason that we teach it in class. And uh, I think that was a great, you know, slogan or uh, piece of information to start off our unit with was talking about Henry Robert. It, I want him, if he was alive today, to have a shirt that said King of the Voices. <laughs> you just see him over at El Patio. You'd see him at Chatty Shack, at Walmart, Brenda's, whatever. And he's just wearing that King of the Voices shirt. You know, that'd be a good time. But no, you're absolutely right. I like, you know, I think sometimes we get caught in the motions, the literal motions of parliamentary law, and we right. forget its purpose. Mm-hmm. And and that's why me and you took such a, a great stride or trying to take it such a great stride. Showing kids why it's important. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a voice. And, you know, as we're getting these quotes from kids and putting it in a podcast, their voices are so unique. They deserve to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're not unique, they deserve to be heard. And, and I think it's very important that they understand that it's an avenue by which you can be heard. I think we do, you know, adding to that, I think as teachers, our classrooms are very safe spaces and, and our students have that opportunity to voice their opinions and their concerns and comments. And, and I think that's what makes ag class so fun. And, and it may, that may not be every ag class, but definitely here in Winfield, uh, our students are. We, we take pride in getting to know our students and getting to help them find their voices. Um, I, I think this year is off to an excellent start. And what better way to start it than with Ag One and Pivo? I don't even think about making those contacts with kids, you know, <laughs> building that relationship with these students. I don't even think about it. You know, it, it is it is an effort that I try, you know, to just be nice and polite and try to get to know these kids. But, you know, for both of us, we're so kind of relationship minded. We're, we're so wanting to build that trust with these right. kids. And, and I think, you know, you had that quote uh, from last week. I don't want to name it by name or anything, but, you know, they they noted how much. They like seeing us every day. They, they they like that we are that we are building those relationships with them, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really important thing that I don't always consider, but mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I'm always trying for. Right, right. Because uh, we have great kids, Mr. Arthur. We have excellent kids. Excellent, and we call them kids because we believe they are our, our kids. They're More our than kids. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a time where, uh, you know, it, we kind of like jokingly called people in our own grade kid. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, I'm like 30 years older than you, Mr. Arthur. I don't know if y'all are still doing that when you were in school. No, we weren't. Well, you know, you also went to a fictional high school <laughs> that was in like comic books and stuff. I don't think it really existed. But I'm going to I'm going to say that, you know, we're valuing those opinions until I get to the next quote. And this quote, I almost don't want to say it because it offends me on a deep level. Mr. Arthur Parker Carlino, I'm going to call him out by name. He said that chocolate milk was basically just chocolate water. And I have one thing to say to that. Mm -hmm. Parker, if you're listening to this. 
I do value your opinion, although it's wrong. And I think that Mr. Riley needs to have a bovine lactation lesson with Ag 3-4. Because there's a lot more to milk than water. And that's where I'm going to stop. And Mr. Riley, if you choose to give them a lesson, which I think you should, uh, there's where you can start. I'm thinking start with that, end with a chocolate milk taste test. That's what I'm thinking. Completely fair and excellent activity. Absolutely. That that's something that has to be done because, you know, we're trying to promote adv- advocacy this year, ag advocacy, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't have one of my one of my children thinking right. that chocolate milk is chocolate water. Mm-hmm. For one, because that kind of grosses me out. Yes. Yeah. I had a student uh, today. In fact, we were talking in Ag One about who likes soft cookies versus crunchy cookies and we won't get into that debate but she said milk isn't good for you and you know I didn't I didn't lose my egg Jesus all I said was just wait till we get to animal science and I think I can change your opinion she said I've been reading up on it and so you're talking about ag ag advocacy and you have to be very careful what sources you use when you're researching agricultural topics yeah sometimes they'll go to like wehatefarmers.com and you're mm-hmm. just like ah you know it feels like they might have a, a little agenda behind what they're posting mm-hmm. um, you know and I joke with you all the time about offering you milk because you, you know due to certain reasons you're not the biggest milk drinker mm-hmm. but you know you don't have to like milk to see its value okay no. <laughs> I don't like tuna fish, but it is a great source of protein. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't argue with the source of protein. I don't want it. Right. It, it's still a source of protein. Yeah. Uh, that builds us up, Mr. Arthur. Do you have anything else to add on I, that? I do. Well, not on that. I do have something. So I'm not sure where you're going next. So in, unless you want me to interject now, I have a little story I was going to tell. Go ahead and tell it because this is like a one-off thing that I want to add at the end. We, um, as educators, not specifically just in agriculture, but as educators, have the unique opportunity to watch students connect the dots. And I think that's so fun to watch. Is if you, You're writing something on the board and talking and pouring your heart out to watch students' light bulbs just come on. And uh, we were talking in Ag 2 you know, working a little carpentry math, doing a little safety, getting ready for a carpentry unit. And I was talking to them about actual versus nominal sizes of lumber, which is something, you know, that you know that carpentry is very important. And we were talking about buying boards in 8, 12, 16 foot lengths. And one of my students asked why I had to buy so many boards, why I couldn't just buy one that was over 100 feet long. And when I explained to her why we couldn't do that, and, you know, I mentioned forestry and how tall trees were, and then I told you this story later, and I told her today, I said, you know, I wanted to add to what I had told her, 
you said when you talked about measuring logs in forestry, they were 16 feet tall or feet long. And, you know, that's kind of how we get our measurement of lumber. Um, just watch the light, the, the light in her eyes light up uh, when she understood. And so, you know, we, we get a laugh out of it. It's funny. But some of the questions are asked in pure curiosity. And it's so fun to watch those lights come up. It really is. And, and that's something that we get to experience uh, kind of more than other avenues of different uh, disciplines, you know. <laughs> and yeah, I, here's the thing. Would that, that'd be so easy. And, you know, we joked about all kinds of stuff with that. But, you know, how would it get here and all that? But it's a great thought. Like, I mean, that's what you should be doing. You should question everything. You should ask those questions mm -hmm. and, and you're absolutely right that's a great part of the educational circle if you will so the next thing that I had to say was something that I've hid from Mr. Arthur but the other day Mr. Arthur we're in class and there's an announcement on the intercom for whoever checked out the cassette player to please bring it back and I'm with I'm with my Ag 3-4 and we just all stare at each other for a good 15 seconds and I just I don't it may not be funny to everybody but for me it was just so funny I think it's funny because I know why they were asking for it. <laughs> and I don't mind telling this on the uh, on the podcast <laughs> I'm teaching during fourth block and my kids are getting ready to go to lunch because we go to lunch mid fourth block and a, a couple of students come down and said hey do you have any duct tape and I said no I don't I think I asked you I said I don't, I don't think we do have any duct tape um, <laughs> said, what do you need tape for and they said Dr. Cole needs it for his CD player and I just kind of looked at them like they were stupid and I shouldn't have done that, but I was confused. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, and so I went and got some electrical tape out of the supply room and <laughs> left my class with you. To I had to know what he was doing. And this piece of antiquated 1960s equipment that I assume was this cassette player that they have were so diligent to find the power button wouldn't stay down. And I talked with Dr. Cole and we fixed the problem. And, you know, he got, he could play Macbeth out loud on that CD player when I left, which was all his heart desired. But before I left the room, I said, hey, Dr. Cole, I think I have another record player in the ag department if you need it. And you talked about that pause, that 15 second pause. He looked mm -hmm. at me and he said, that's spoken like someone from Sabine Parish. And I didn't know what he was talking about. So, what do you mean, Doc? He's like, you said record player. I thought, boy, I've, I've only been in here for five minutes and he's already worked off on me. <laughs> when that happened, when that announcement was made, I was trying to write it down through my laughter. <laughs> and I couldn't remember how to spell cassette. 
And I went to ask the kids and I said, y'all won't know. <laughs> not due to intelligence, but due to antiquity. Yeah, it's not something that's used or a word that's used very often. So It was a great part of my Tuesday or whatever day that was. <laughs> I'm curious to know how many people listening to this podcast don't know what a cassette is. Uh, yeah, Mr. Arthur, we have... I mean, think about this. We are 19 years from 9-11. We are, you know, 11 years since my graduation. Our kids are, you know, somewhere between the age of 13 and 19. I wonder when the last year they put cassette players in trucks. Ooh, that's a great question. Pickup trucks really set the tone. Yeah. They really do. Also, I call him a pickup truck. Uh, so, <laughs> the last thing. Do you have anything else, Mr. Arthur? I don't think so. I think I've told him this story. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is Alyssa Taylor. I'm talking about our, our Friday assignment on Monday. And I was like, you know, I can tell y'all didn't do it because you didn't reply to my email. And the, the end of the email says reply with something just so I know that you read it. And Alyssa goes, I'm going to be honest, I don't get all the way to the end. So could you please start the email with, hey, guys, reply. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because on her phone, she'll get the email and it'll give her the snapshot of the first three words. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted it to say, hey, guys, reply. Because I don't know if you know this, Mr. Arthur, every email I send to the class starts with, hey, guys. And so she's like, just add that to the, hey, guys, reply. Yeah. So be waiting. That's definitely what my email is going to say in the morning. Yeah, definitely the subject, hey, guys, reply. <laughs> Only a list. Love that kid. <laughs> so that is all for where is this? That I may have been the longest where is this section we've ever done. I think it was, and I think completely necessary. <laughs> So we are moving on to the next segment. That's right. That takes us to when is this? Our FFA news that is directly affecting our chapter, district, area, and state levels. Mr. Arthur, you cued us into a little song. Yeah. What happened last week? Our poultry team won state, baby. State dubs. Got that number 35 state championship. Number 35. The big three five. They always say number 35 is the most special, right? It is for me. So why don't you give us the, the members of the team? Let's give them a shout out. All right. So on our senior team, we had graduated senior Bailey Williams, who graciously came back from Northwestern to compete with us. Uh, she was third place overall. Anna Little um, was our second place overall. This is out of everyone in the contest. Um, Lauren Poole and Annie Hurd were on our senior team who won state. And then our the gold team, who was third in area, was Joy So, Allison Phelps, and J.C. Mixon. And of those four 
of our students were in the top 10 for the state. And like I mentioned, that was Bailey and uh, Anna. Lauren was sixth overall and Joy was 10th. It was so... It You know, you really felt the pressure that day. Both of us get bad anxiety on contest day. Uh, in our in our split relationship, you were the concerned, overly concerned and trying to make sure it all worked perfectly. And I had to be the one off to the side, like guys, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Let's have a good time. I was time. ready to fight somebody. <laughs> you were ready to fight somebody. And I was like, guys, like I go like the grill. Um, <laughs> which, you know, is not always the roles we play, but that was definitely the, what we had to do that day to make Friday a success. And yeah, because while that's happening, it's the weirdest contest in the history of mankind because it's happening in our classroom, in your classroom. And three feet from that, we're, we're tailgating for the football game. And, and that was interesting, yeah. to say the least. And uh, to, to have it happen and have it to ha- happen the way it did, it was just really special for me. I, I really enjoyed that day. Um, I'll always remember the phone call we had to make out because, you know, one of the students wasn't able to be in the room with us. Right. And and that was just a special thing for me. And to, the the two on the team that were still with us when we got results, to see the difference and how they take results. Yeah. You know, that, that was so special because you've seen those kids win stuff before. I've never seen that happen with those particular kids. Yeah. And, and that, to see the contrast of it was just really fun and special. It, it was very accurate. And, um, but I think what made it so special was in, the, in conjunction with that uh, football game and the tailgate, which I loved. Coach commented on the tailgate. I forgot to mention that to you. He loved it. Um, the kids were still here. And they were, they were, you know, we got those results so fast, and um, we were able to share that information with a big part of Winfield um, because the, the football game was going on, and it, it was really, really special. You know, it's one of those things that you were anxious, and I was just trying to, you know, entertain the ones that were outside and not competing, and you know, we were so busy in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and now to look at it, you know, six days ago, it was so fun and special. And, and I'm so glad that, you know, to be a part of it. And it's just a real fun journey that we're on. So, uh, you know, again, congratulations to that team. The first, and I don't know if you said this a while ago, the first poultry state championship in Winfield FFA history. I did not say that. And that is so true. And I know Mr. Vines was very excited. Um, and, and you know like we've already said we were so excited and you know for him to have done this for 49 years and finally get one on his last go round was a pretty big deal uh, yeah the you know the kids would say he shoot he shot his you know he had to shoot a shot you know yeah and, and he did he, he came up big and that was so special the the next thing on FFA news is Pigs, pigs, pigs. The night of the pigs. Oh, yeah. So uh, we have 
really, this is the week of shows. We have two FFA members that showed animals this week. I'm mm-hmm. not missing anybody, am I, Mr. Arthur? Not that I'm aware of. On, I believe it was Monday, Miss Olivia Boucher showed her rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then tonight, Emma Claire Gill showed a couple of pigs. Yep. And, uh, you know, we talk about football season, meaning that it's fall, you know, the, the crisp weather. Well, now it's October, and that means show season, fairs, and, you know, some of the fair stuff was taken away from us, but we still have, uh, you know, the shows, and, and that's a really special thing about, it really shows that it's fall, you know. Oh, if, if ag teachers do not get to scrape manure out of their shoes in the fall, <laughs> is it really the fall? We live for that. We live for that. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. To scrape manure. Um, it's just part of the description that you don't see when you sign up for it. You know? Mm-hmm. It really is what sets it apart. So that takes us into right before the pigs today. We had something special. First P-Law practice of the year. So exciting. So exciting. And on the notes, I put S-Z-N. Mr. Arthur, do you know what that means? P-Law season. P-Law season. Yes, it's here. LDEs are here. We've been talking about it for, it feels like a month. And we are finally in it. So next week we start, well, next week's a short week. So we have one next week. and then the, But the next week, we have two every week at least and that is so special to see those kids after school well because when kids come after school it means they want to be here <laughs> you're i mean you're right and yeah, you know, we had i think nine eight or nine today we had a couple that had you know conflicts but to see them be so excited to get back into the swing of things uh for for p-law it was just it was excellent it really, it, it almost, you know, we don't get, we do get paid, you know, 12 months to be here and to be with the, the projects in the summer and the contest conventions and camps and all those things. But we don't have to practice after school. No, it's, it's not something we have to do, but it's something that without it, I don't know if I would be a teacher. Right. And, and it's something that just is so special. You know, forestry season was robbed from us. So to finally get after school practice and, you know, we had a couple with livestock and a couple with poultry, but those were, you know, just so short of windows. Yeah. But now, now we're in an actual season and I'm so excited. We talked about that relationship or, you know, being relationship oriented and making connections with our students. That's, that's the icing on the cake, you know, is, is getting to spend time with them after school in a more of an informal education setting uh, and get to know them and and it's just an excellent experience and I I think we've mentioned on here before if you have an opportunity to go out for a CDE team you do it because you you don't really know what FFA and the Ag Department has to offer unless you do do it that was something I don't know if you saw we did have I'm not going to call names but one freshman yeah and then we had one that was on the state winning team that we had, you know, a year and a half ago or so 
that was on the national team and we had him there to help us you know just kind of facilitate everything that was happening and go over big points and I don't know if you saw it but he went up to the freshman and was having a one-on-one and just kind of building that student up uh-huh. and the, I'm telling you that stuff to me is so special and you know that student was Peyton Little I'm not going to call the freshman by name but to see Peyton just and I didn't ask him to right you didn't ask him to he just was like hey i'm so excited you're here let me tell you kind of catch you up as much as i can right now and and show you why this is the best contest because peyton loves parliamentary law Mm -hmm. And, and to see that that connection that mentorship that you can't get eight to three in a classroom no you can't you can't do it and that's what, you know, me and you've talked about. We're, we're so excited to have those kids acting as mentors and coming back and helping train and build those kids up. And, and to see it finally, I'm finally able to see it in action. It was just special. So the uh, a couple of more things, Mr. Arthur, uh, is that we have the State Fair Quiz Bowl. Yes, very excited about that. It's an interesting opportunity that we have where we can build kind of a, a super team of kids that maybe I know uh, beef or maybe I know poultry, maybe I know meats or whatever. And I can we can put those kids together and they can work together for a, a state competition. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we'll be getting with the kids closer to time for that. Uh, do you have anything else, Mr. Arthur? I, I don't think so. Um you know, we're, we're just going to keep harping on the fact that we are very excited. You know, the things are getting in the gro- in, a, in a groove, not a not a comfortable, mundane groove, but just a groove of, of potential success. Um, I think it was. You know, we were very upset that poultry didn't get to compete last year in livestock, but I think, it, as it always does, it worked out better for us that we started off the year on a very very high note to carry us through the year. Um, and so I'm excited. I look forward to working with all of our teams. You know, we'll have contests all year long. And, and I've talked to several people about having a horse team for the first time and maybe forever. Um, doing dairy cattle, having poultry in the uh, forestry in the spring. It, it's, it's really going to be a great year. I know it is. Yeah, for sure. And, and that takes us to I want to say one final thing and that is that we're getting more job listings that we aren't going for Mr. Arthur (laughs) yeah I'm not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere you know I think about uh, the first year I was teaching and I got you know a couple of phone calls that year and I told people no so much that I stopped getting phone calls I'm looking at these job listings and I'm so excited to be happy where I'm at. And I'm never looking at one of those with, with eyes of, uh, that I want them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the kids don't, you know, know, but I'm, I'm looking at becoming a resident of Winfield for the first time. Very yes. excited about that. And that's proof and a statement that uh, I'm so excited about dad asked me he's like are you sure that's where you want to be uh, heck yeah dad this is where i want to be you know i found a home here i found a, a community that i love a group of students that i'm in love with 
and uh, success is here. Success is here, and yeah, I, that's all I really wanted to say about that. You know, I, when we came, when both of us came out of school, both of us had many options to go many different places. You know, I was offered, Mr. Arthur, a nine-month teaching position in Lafayette Parish to teach STEM classes. Mm-hmm. And a nine-month position there is, you know, more than a 12-month right. position here. And and I thought, that's the weirdest thing I've ever gotten offered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want to be here. This is where mm-hmm. I want to be. And I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I think that's all for FFA News. Do you have anything else? I don't have anything. All right. We go on to the next. Hello, Mr. Arthur. Hey, that's my line. (laughs) (laughs) We are into the final. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't count. Here we are at the next to last segment. We're talking about why is this? Quotes that help define who me and Mr. Arthur are as people and how we relate that back to education and make all of this crazy agricultural education work. So Mr. Arthur, uh, how many you got this way? Do you have three? I have four. You have four? Ooh. I'm I'm gonna go through one of them quick. Not okay. the first one. Do one of them. Okay. Uh, I would like to say one to begin with, and I'll let you go two back to back if that's okay. That's good. Okay, because okay. I want to start on a, you know, I've been kind of ending on a fun note, and uh, I wanted to start on a fun note with this because I think that kind of transitions well from where we just came from, and okay. I'm watching, you know. I'm, I'm playing fantasy football, Mr. Arthur. And I had one of the people that you despise the most in the NFL, uh, Mr. Cam Newton himself. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> well, I picked him up with a late pick. He was just there. And don't worry, I traded him this week. I got rid of him. Because here's the thing, he scored a lot of points when he was on my bench. And then I gave him some primetime spot. And he was trash. But here's the thing. I was watching his post game, and he was talking about what a pleasure it was to be with the uh, with the with the Patriots. He's so happy for the opportunity to work with Belichick, whatever. But at the end, uh, to to set this off, he's wearing a purple, bright purple suit. It looks like if you married the jerseys of the LSU women's basketball team with the Louisiana Texters, the Lady Texters powder blue, and you had like a powder purple. That's wearing, typical fashion. It, it is. And, you know, he had the the literal rose-colored glasses and a, a big hat. He, it, he looked like he was there for a good time. You know what I'm saying? And, and somebody asked him about what he was wearing. And Cam looks in the camera and he says, anytime I can lighten the mood, I hesitate not. And I like that. I hesitate not. Anytime I can lighten the mood, Mr. Riley himself, I like to he- I like to hesitate not. I like to lighten the mood. 
Okay. Okay. To, well, see, a, to see a mid-20s college-educated guy that's getting paid more money than I will see ever to, to say that we're in a powder purple suit. I think that's a position we should all be in. Anytime you can lighten the mood, help lighten the load of a fellow brethren, you know, let's let's be as fun as we can be. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's a good point. I'm not a fan of who said it, but it's a good point. All right, my turn. Yes, sir. All right, so I wanted to continue on the track of success. So I dug deep and pulled a quote from one of the, this is not accurate fact, but one of the two books I think I've ever read. Um, I have two books that I read quite a bit. I'll go back and reread them. Um, But one of them is An American Life, uh, the autobiography of Ronald Reagan. And he said in his book, no matter what your background, no matter how low your station in life, there must be no limit on your ability to reach for the stars to go as far as your given talent can take you. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've read this book, I don't know how many times, countless. And um, to see a young man come from the countryside of the Midwest to California to become a successful actor to governor of California to president of the United States um, he got his initial start of speaking broadcasting football games um, you know and that took him all the way to Hollywood which ended up him in the Oval Office it's an inspiration um, and it's I think it says something about students here in Winfield said something about you coming from Olive, said something about me coming from Hornbeck. Uh, we can make a difference. We all have a God-given talent uh, and there should be no limit. Wow. I think, you know, coming from him and, and you know, putting the spin on it that you did, I think <laughs> I, I completely agree. I don't I don't have uh, anything to say other than, wow, yeah, absolutely. That's something that we can all strive for on every level. And then, Mr. Riley, that's one book I read a lot. What's the other book, you know? Uh, Is it a Pat Summit book? Yeah, duh. (laughs) It's the Pat Summit autobiography. (laughs) Sum it up. And let me read the whole title of the book to you real quick. Sum it up. A thousand and 98 victories, a couple of irrelevant losses, and a life in perspective. What a title. She says, again on that same note, there is an old saying, a champion is someone who is willing to be uncomfortable. Hmm. And I pulled that today, not going to call any names, because of that freshman who showed up to practice today. Mm Mm-hmm who was so willing to put herself in a position that she was unfamiliar with, she was uncomfortable with, that that would enable her to grow, I think was so inspirational to me. I was so glad that she decided to come to practice today. And, you know, and and I say she was uncomfortable with P-Law. She had never been to an FFA event. 
and her first one was to join the returners for Pilaw so she could learn more. And so I'll leave it at that, but it, that really spoke volumes to me. Well, I'm going to take that, and this really builds into my second one. Uh, and I'm not going to, to quote the whole song, but it is a song, and it's off my probably my favorite Christian rapper of all time my favorite Christian hip-hop artist uh, is off of his first album and the title of the song was Young and the line that he kept repeating was it doesn't matter if I'm young and when it came out Mr. Arthur I was young and uh, it was something that you know I think about the Proverbs and I think about Ecclesiastes not trying to get too you know I I don't want to be preaching Right. Um, But, you know, and even with Paul, there's several places in the Bible that talks about it. Don't let your youth hold you back. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about 2 Timothy, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, in 2 Timothy was written right before Paul died, and that was one of the last things he he tried to give him, you know. Yeah. It's like, Timothy, don't let that hold you back. And I think that really fits together with, you know, talking about that young freshman, talking about all of us. And, you know, I say that, when this song came out, I was uh, my first year teaching, or it might have came out the year before, but I heard it my first year. Right. And I worked with a guy that had the reputation of having a very great program, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was playing second fiddle because I was. And and you know, one thing that he helped me with was like, I'm not expecting anything out of you but to teach. And so when I got the teaching under under my belt and I, I felt like I was comfortable, I could start adding things on top of it. Yeah. I couldn't let my youth hold me back. And uh, that, that's something that the faster you learn that, the better you are. And- yeah, I, I definitely agree wholeheartedly. And you were talking about, you know, those places in the Bible. And I mentioned Second Timothy because that was something I used kind of as a driving force uh, through school. I graduated high school at 17. I was one of the youngest ones in my class, you know, all the way up to this point where I'm a young ag teacher. And, you know, you, even you compared to ag teachers across the state are a young ag teacher. Right. And it, it's so important that we don't get discouraged. Um, and, and that goes for anybody. But I'm just speaking specifically about our profession and how successful we've been as young ag teachers. And, uh, you can't let your youth define who you are. You cannot. Uh, you have to prove your worth. And uh, so I encourage all people uh, to follow, you know, with that, that quote and that song. Uh, what would you say? It doesn't matter how young you are? Yes. It, it doesn't matter. It don't matter if I'm young. Yeah. 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 So. And real quick, you said that about the ag teaching profession. And, and I'm not even going to mention that you said even you are considered young in the profession. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna let it, well, it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, but in all seriousness, you're, you, you're approaching mid career. Oh my gosh, Mr. Arthur. It, move, moving on from that, I want, <laughs> I want kids to know. And, you know, I had our, our demographics pulled up and we're still reaching people that are uh, not in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, we're still reaching, uh, according to what I'm looking at, people approaching the age of 60. And, wow. you know, when we're looking at our 
uh, of the American farmer. What's the average age yeah. of the American farmer? It's like 56 or something. 56. And, you know, every time I teach that in class, I'm like, guys, if the average age is 56, mm-hmm. I know personally guys that are 21 that are farmers. Yeah. You know, to average out, we have to have guys that are in their 80s. Yeah, how many Grandpa Joneses are riding tractors? Oh, so many of them. And I want you to think about youth is so relative. Yeah. it You can't let youth hold you back, but youth is relative. I mean, whatever age you are, you're not too old to do things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's applicable to whatever age is listening to us but i want like if we have a junior listening to this and, yeah. you're, and you're thinking oh well i missed the boat you know never never i had a junior today ask me if they could do a speaking contest mm-hmm. to my knowledge that person's never done a speaking contest right and i've told you this story before one of my i'm not gonna you know play favorites but a very special student i had took ag one as a junior right and from the time that person started their junior year to the time that person graduated they won three state titles Mm -hmm. and in the midst of that was the best student i've ever taught in class right um it's never too old you're i mean you're never too old um so don't take youth as an excuse and don't take don't think that youth has passed you no yeah, that's that's definitely true. So, all right. Well, I have I've done being heavy, so we're going to go switch over to a lighter side. I have two more quotes. Both are pretty light in nature. Um, Mr. Riley, if you had to tell the audience listening right now, what is my favorite movie? Your favorite movie, I yeah. believe, is still Magnolias. It absolutely is. And so a quote from that movie um, that I have tried, I talked about it last week and I tried this week and boy, this week was tough for me, but it was Dolly Parton and and somebody walks in the room and she simply says, smile, it increases your face value. And I don't know how many times I told students that, you know, and even when I am at my wits end with a student or I've just had a bad day, you got to smile. You have to, otherwise you go crazy. So next time, whoever's listening, next time you get frustrated, uh, you get down, find a reason to smile. And I think Mr. Riley and I do a pretty good job of that with each other. We'll see each other kind of, you know, wearing down and you just throw a, a joke out uh, and it changes the mood of the room. Hey, anytime I can lighten the mood, I hesitate not. Yeah, it would be not. <laughs> so, my final quote, Mr. Arthur, is you know, that came from a movie. I'm going to give you one from one of my favorite movies. Okay. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because you're into basketball. I, I think about this movie a lot. Or maybe it's because I didn't have internet at my house for 31 days and this movie's downloaded on my phone. You know, there's many reasons why. Is it Hoosiers? It is Hoosiers. Yeah. So 
I'm thinking, you know, where we are in the calendar, we just came off a spring contest in the fall. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, for some kids, they might have just experienced lows in the contest world. Yeah. Some kids just experienced one of the best highs in the contest world. So I'm thinking Coach Dale, and this is the game before the finals. This is the, the semifinal game, and they're in some bandbox gym in yep. central Indiana, and he goes into the pregame. And I'm going to read all of this, Mr. Arthur. Is that the game, real quick? Yes. It was that yellow gym, yep. and it was that little cracker gym, and they got kicked out? Well, that the time they got kicked out was regular season. Okay, regular season. Okay. Yeah. So he goes in there, and his boys feel defeated. Yeah. They haven't gone in there yet. This is before the game. And he says this. There's a tradition in tournament play to not talk about the next step until you've climbed the one in front of you. I'm sure going to the state finals is beyond your wildest dreams. So let's just keep it right there. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put forth your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. In my book, we're going to be winners. Do you feel like you can run through a brick wall, Mr. Arthur? Oh, I always, every time I hear Coach Dale talk, and, you know, I grew up at that mythical high school mm-hmm. in uh, western Louisiana, right on Texas border, and we were Hickory. Yep. And we didn't win as much as Hickory did, which, for those of you who don't know, is the team in Hoosiers. But... We were always the underdog. We were always the small school. And, you know, I think about how big of an underdog we were. And then I look at Winfield. And I'm thinking, these guys aren't underdogs in anything, really. Right. You know, the kids that we have, the support that they have here at the school. And just to think of the things we did at Hornbeck, these guys can, I mean, they've broken the glass ceiling. They're going to especially with two ag teachers that are willing to give every second of every day to them. Um, if they will buy into our program, it, success is here. I'll say it again. The the part that really stands out to me and the part that, you know, the way I train teams and the way I like to practice is kind of like Dale did. Oh, yeah. I like to focus on fundamentals. Yep, you got to. You got to. And that's what it, you know, when it gets closer to contest season, I've told you this story before I had to go teach kid that I would listen for three things when it got like a week before the contest, it's a 12 to 15 minute presentation. I was looking for three things every time that she uh, practiced. And when I saw the third one, I could just leave the room. Like I, that was it. I was looking yeah. for those fine-tuned things. And, you know, that's the way we started P-Law practice today. And that and that's really, if we can work on those and they, if they will remember that there's a, we have a, 
we're going for something you know we, we're we've thought about this we've planned this and you know if we'll just focus on fundamentals go one game at a time it doesn't matter if we won or lost you know right well you you've had the misfortune of sitting by me at a mini basketball game <laughs> i have a feeling in the next couple of years we're gonna you know triple that number but anyway i always tell you when a team loses they lost because of what fundamentals fundamentals every time every time you can have the best dang player on the whole in the whole state even on your team and if you're if all five players are not fundamentally sound you're not going to win nope. i'm not going to get in a, a big rant on my soapbox but you know fundamentals are key fundamentals are key so do you have anything else for this part mr arthur this, just real quick, last quote, very lighthearted. I sent out an email today about grades, making sure everybody had all their grades uh, that I had put in the computer. And I, I another, always taking a, you know, a card from you and using it a page from your book. I just at the bottom of the email said, "You get this email. Please respond with your favorite color for five bonus points, seeing how many it would affect." Right, and. Chloe Wisnat, she cracks me up. Commented back and sent me an email. She said, My favorite color is orange, but not like construction cone orange, more like a soft tangerine. I sound like a 60 year old book club lady. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a couple things from that. Number one, Chloe and I have been picking at each other all week. We've never done that before. And so, you know, I love to build those relationships and I. That that, I, that was my first takeaway. My second takeaway was the girl knows what she likes. How important is that? Just to know what you like. Know what you like. And, you know, even if you do sound like a 60-year-old book club lady, you know what you like. But that's all I got. <laughs> so that is all for our fourth segment. Why is this? So now we go to the last segment. So here we are, the last segment. This is the fan favorite segment where one of us, probably not me, will find out what the other one doesn't know a lot of. (laughs) This is the game section, the trivia section, where Mr. Arthur learns a little bit about music and I find out how much I don't know about sports. So, Mr. Arthur, I'm guessing that I have the luxury of going first. I think I want to switch it up this week. Whoa! I don't know if the fans at home are ready for this. But okay. Well, I'm ready to go out on a high note this week. My my section is not going to take long. Okay. Um, Because like I told you, I've got a quote to end this thing with, tied up. So I'm going to give you just a couple short little things, and then we'll move on to for you to school me on music. Okay. We've talked about 1891. James Naismith created the game that I love so dearly by throwing soccer balls and peach baskets. Yes. He created 13 simple rules to help govern the game, most of which are still used today. That The sport has come a long way since 1892. But, like I mentioned, some of those same fundamentals 
Mr. Riley. Yes. I have a couple of vocabulary words. I know how much you love vocabulary words. Love vocabulary words. And I knew I had to do this this week because I used it as an example in every one of my Ag 2 classes. What is the stationary foot call that is established and does not lift off the floor? Okay. I'm going to use the word that I would say in baseball. Okay. I think it's the same word. Uh-huh. And knowing what you taught all week, I think I'm correct. Yeah. Is it pivot? It is pivot. And in every one of my classes, we were talking about the speed square and using that to measure angles. And right in the corner of that speed square is the pivot. You, you know, you don't move it. You rotate around it. And every one of my kids knew what I was talking about. And I thought that was a wonderful thing. I wonder the if they second- know about pivot because of friends. Do you think they know because of friends? You know, I didn't think about that until today. And some of people are wondering what we're talking about. But, you know, Ross was very adamant when taking that couch up the stairs. Yes. Yeah, had to pivot. (laughs) As a man that has moved many couches, the pivot is the most important part of moving a couch. Especially up and down staircase. Especially. (laughs) All right. What is the defense called involving each player guarding one offensive player at all times? Okay. I think uh, this should be good. Like I should be good on this. But yeah, Mr. Arthur, you know, you saw me do that, that thing with the, the time today in P-Law practice. Uh-huh. And, you know, your the kids we did with you out on the picnic tables – uh, they had so much anxiety. You know, all they were doing was reading. I, I didn't put right. them in a, in a crazy situation. They were just reading, but they felt that anxiety. I think I know this. Yeah. I feel so much anxiety. Whew. Let me take a deep breath. Is it man to man? It is man to man. Okay. It is man to man. And Mr. Riley, let the audience know what the other type of main defense is. Okay, you see, and, and that's where I thought you were going to go with the question. But then in my head, I was like, how would you even word it without giving it away? Yeah, you can. It's hard. <laughs> that would be zone defense. It's a zone. Zone defense. That's right. <laughs> All right. Last thing I'm going to ask you, and I told you this one was going to be short. Can you name the three most common types of passes? Okay. I think I can. Okay. My favorite pass is the bounce pass. Yes. It's very underutilized. Very, especially when you have a big man who stays in the paint. That's the best way to get in the ball. It is. Because you go, you go under everybody and then it pops him hard in the chest, which really right. helps him pivot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Using it. Full circle. So, bounce is my favorite. It's also the one I was most confident in. Okay. I'm going to go into Hoosier's knowledge. I think one would be a chest pass. That is it. Boy, Coach Dale loved that chest pass. You got to pop the wrist. Pop the wrist. (laughs) Okay. This one, here's the thing. I know this term. I don't know if it's like one of the three. You know what I mean? Okay. 
Okay. Uh, it's also a way that we would throw a pass in football. It would be the lob. Yeah. Or an um, overhead. Overhead. Okay. Yeah. Overhead is the third one. Okay. Yeah. Can now there's one more type of pass that every player should know. But I will tell you it is so underutilized because it's not secure. Okay. And I don't know if you know the name you know it. You know it, but I don't, I'm not sure you know the name of it. But it's another sport. The name of the pass is another sport? Yeah. Is it the rugby? No, it's the baseball. There's a baseball. Yeah. Oh, is that for like a, you know, cross-court situation, end of the game kind of thing? Yeah. And it it's so unstable because people, you know, it's hard for, especially young students in high school to know that power of their arm. Right. So it's, it's not accurate. But yeah, baseball. Which is weird to me because as a baseball fan, I would think that would be one of the most stable, you know. Right. But it's such right. a large ball. Yeah. That's all I have. Okay, Mr. Arthur. I I really appreciate that confidence boost you gave me. You know? <laughs> it's like when we when you wrote that premier exhibitor test and some of the questions were really easy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the rest of them, you know, could be a real wallop. And I feel like the other five episodes I've kind of gotten walloped. And, and so it was yeah. awesome. A lot, a lot of history stuff. So, in the you know, I'm good with history, except for dates, names, and places. But everything else, <laughs> I'm pretty good at. So, Mr. Arthur, uh-huh. you went to the foundations of basketball, and you found me a yeah. quiz. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was a real special time that I definitely was not a part of. You weren't a part of, but it's such a cherished part of sports history. Mm-hmm. In the music world, I'm not going to go to anything like that today. Okay. But I'm going to focus on one of my favorites, which I think really, if I'm doing this correctly, I should focus on my favorites and share that love I have with you. So you. Can- well, that's what I've done for the past five weeks. So right. So that that's what I was going for when I when I wrote this quiz for you, Mr. Arthur. All right, I'm ready for it. So, when I was in, like, end of middle school, beginning of high school, there was a young lady that was, she captured the heart of many a young man across the country. Uh This would happen to be a young lady that was born 11 months before me. I'm talking about none other than Taylor Swift. Okay. The T-Swift herself. Mm-hmm. Taylor was born in December of 1989, obviously. If you know her albums, you know, one of them is 1989. She's going back to her roots, that kind of thing. So, right. born in December of 1989... Taylor has went on a magical journey, not a tragical journey, a magical journey throughout her 30 years of existence. But her life started in which eastern Pennsylvania city? Hint, the city's name is a gerund, which is a verb 
that has an ing that functions as a noun, even though they mispronounce this word. If you need me to repeat anything, Mr. Arthur, just I don't, I don't, I don't want you to repeat any of that. I wasn't, I didn't get it the first time. I'm not going to get it the second time. What I understood is, uh, she was born in a town in Pennsylvania. Yes, that at least part of the name can be used as an as a verb. Yes, it's the whole name, the whole name of the city, and it ends in ing. Okay, and it's mispronounced. I have no idea. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking, but I, I there's a million verbs ending in ing. So I, there he is. This is a uh, it's important in baseball culture because they have a uh, a Phillies farm team. It is uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, Reading. So okay, it's, so instead of reading, they say Reading. Yes, yes. Okay. It's a it's a city of eighty eight thousand people with several uh, boroughs, and she was from the borough of West Reading, uh, which oddly enough has about the same population as Winfield. Okay. So now we move on to a, a much easier question, Mr. Arthur. Okay. Okay. So as Taylor was going through her literal red era which some would consider the best Taylor era. I don't really, but anyway, she was starting to become a true pop star, making appearances and non-musical properties. She would serve as the voice of the character Audrey in a 2012 animated movie. Name the movie. Hint, this should be a favorite animated movie of every plant nerd and it is featured somewhere in Winfield Senior High School. I want you to repeat that one more time. The hint? Yeah. Okay. This movie should be a favorite animated movie of every plant nerd, and it is featured somewhere in Winfield Senior High School. What year was it? 2012. Okay. Think about well, think about when I, I think I got it. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm thinking about that bulletin board. Mm-hmm. It's the Lorax. It is the Lorax. Congratulations. <laughs> I think that should be a favorite of every plant nerd. Yeah, that's a pretty solid film. And you should really understand the importance of biodiversity after watching it. But I'm not going to get on that soapbox. Yeah. Uh, because those trees were weird. Anyway, <laughs> so now the year is 2020. We are in the postmodern okay. era of T Swift. She really should amaze all of us with how versatile she really is. In an 11 month window, between August 2019 and July 2020, Taylor would release two albums that were completely different in their tone. But between those two albums, she released a single for Christmas. The single shared a name with an agribusiness 
that her father had purchased when she was a young child. Name the business that her father bought that is also the name of this 2019 Christmas song. Think agribusiness, think Christmas. Think you got something to do with Christmas trees? I don't know, Mr. Arthur. You answered the question. I ain't got no idea. You know, I'm not a T-Swizzle enthusiast. Um, but just go with your heart. Can you give me one hint? It is something that you would think you would see in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> it has farm in the name. And you've already said most of it. Christmas tree farm. Christmas tree farm. Look at that, Mr. Arthur. You're already. Is that legit the answer? That's the answer. That's impressive. Her father was a uh, mutual fund guy, worked for one of the big, you know, like Edward Jones type people. Mm -hmm. And he had a client that was selling a Christmas tree farm. And so he bought it. He has, right. he has since sold it, and uh, but anyway, that is our T Swift quiz of the week. Well, that's pretty good. Learned a little bit, a little bit. So, Mister Arthur, we are getting dangerously close to having to end this fun trip. What do you have? For sure. I had a quote that when I was going through quotes that I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do one out of Pat Summit's book but um, I didn't think that it would fit in the quote section I thought it would kind of serve as a good salutation see you later piece of something to think on in in Pat's last years she focused a lot on, on the history of her organization and you know, how she started that team you know, or not really started it, but kind of kick-started that program back off in the 70s. And, and this is the quote. And obviously when I read this quote, it's going to have a lot of nouns that relate to Pat Summit. But, Mr. Riley, I want you and I want the, the listeners to think about this as Winfield FFA. Okay? She said, I remember every player, every single one, who wore the Tennessee orange a shade that our rivals hate, a bold, aggravating color that you could usually find on a roadside crew or in a correctional institution. But to us, the color is a flag of pride because it identifies us as Lady Vols and therefore as women of an unmistakable type, fighters. I remember how many of them fought for a better life for themselves. I just met them halfway. And I had that in, in my book that's actually underlined. And I thought to myself, when I, because the first time I read this, I was, uh, I think I was in college. And I thought, when I teach, I want my program to feel like that FFA emblem is that aggravating 
emblem of pride for us. And everywhere we go, we wear it, we do it well, we represent it well. I never thought about the school that I would be in. And to me, that W is that aggravating emblem to everybody does. And especially being from Manny, every time I'm in Manny, I'm trying to wear that W. Because <laughs> it bothers people. Yep. But I do it not as just an aggravation, but as a representation of my students. Everywhere I go, I think that W represents them. And so the W, the FFA jacket, is to be a color and a flag of pride. And think about those who wore it before you. That's all I do. That goes perfect with the project that me and you have been working on the past couple of days. It does. I think people are going to really enjoy that. And, you know, something that we preach more than probably most ag teachers is pride. Take pride in who you are. Take pride in this organization. And I think that sums it up so perfectly. Get it sums it up. It sums it up. Mr. Arthur, I think this might be my favorite episode of Talking Dubs. It's been a lengthy one, but I will tell you that if the students actually listen, I think they'll get more out of this than they have out of any other episode. It's been full of puns. It's been full of basketball humor, but it's been full of really good stuff. Really good stuff. And like we started this, I'm going to end it with, even if no one else gets anything out of it, I did. That this is a, a process that I think is the best reflection, best reflective thing that we could do at the end of our week. Mm-hmm. So, guys, uh, for Mr. Arthur, I'm Mr. Riley. This has been the sixth episode of Talking Dubs. Now, let me get out of here and find me a pint of milk. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.